Since I had Lisa D on the podcast, uncovering all things online pole learning, I have been obsessed and I mean obsessed with PoleSphere. Not only do I get to pole with some of Australia's best instructors, but what I really love is their progressive learning structure. At the start of each tutorial, you're told about and they link you to the prerequisite moves for the trick that you're about to try. So you can ensure you're ready to take on this new challenge. And not to mention, they've already created playlists for you. So it makes polling online super easy. One thing that surprised me was how much of a community exists inside PulseSphere. I honestly didn't realize I could get the same supportive studio vibes online. Plus, I get personalized feedback from all the amazing instructors and I can confirm that you're active in the members community. You really will be able to get feedback from Philly on your flips or Lola Grace on your flow. If you're ready to progress in your pole journey with some of the best instructors and the best online community, check out the link in the show notes for 10 days free and 10% off your PulseSphere membership. Happy polling. Welcome to this week's episode of Uncovered for Pole Dancers, a podcast created by pole dancers for pole dancers. I'm your host, Stephanie Quinn. Welcome to this week's episode of Uncovered. Today, I will be joined by Mishka. Yes, I'm talking about Miss Pole Dance Australia, Mishka. She is joining me to talk about all things preparing for a pole dancing competition and how to structure your training. Right now, she is in the mix of training for one of Australia's biggest competitions, Pole Icon, and she really helps me break down the way to approach training for comms. We talk about rest and recovery, of course. We talk about structuring your routine, how to structure your training sessions, what other things you should be thinking about, how many times a week you should be training towards your comm. This episode is jam-packed, full of so much information. Mishka just shares everything she thinks about when preparing for a comm. And I just know you guys are going to get so much out of it. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of Uncovered. Welcome to the podcast, Mishka. Hey, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited and I think you're really perfect for uncovering today's topic, which we are going to be talking about how to structure your competition training. It's been a question I've had on a few occasions. I think the more and more competitions we're starting to see, not just in Australia, but across the world, people. And I think the importance about safety in pole and looking after our body, I feel like that's more important now than it used to be. I feel like this is a question that a lot of pole dancers have, especially if they're not regulars in the competition um, circle. So I want to probably start with like, why is it important to think about your training structure when you're thinking about doing competitions? Yeah. Um, really good question. So, I mean, I guess for me in particular, if I don't come in with a plan, if I don't come up with like a structure of what my routine even looks like, let alone how I'm going to structure my training, 
where, where do you start? Like where and how do you start? You know, like it's, yes. there's, there's a lot to do. You've obviously got your beginning, your middle, your end. And in amongst that, there's a gazillion tricks that you might need to put in plus a really fluid floor worky section and maybe a kip and flip and something like, where do you start if you have no structure? So like you kind of, for me in particular, I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that just like go at it and don't really think too much about how they're going to structure it. But I think it gives you a little bit of a set out uh, of how to attack your training and how to how to attack your, you know, your routine. And, and you know, even if you're that person that writes it out structure wise, instead of just planning it in your head, I guess it it's good to see that as in like, okay, this is maybe what's missing from my structure. This is what's missing from my mm. routine or how I'm how I'm planning to to train this routine. So I quite like to write things out just so I can see it in front of me and then go, oh, I'm missing a really vital piece here. Like maybe I haven't put in any rest days this week into my training or maybe if it's the structure of the competition piece itself, maybe there's no rest in the competition piece, in which case does the audience have time to breathe and actually acknowledge what you just did on the pole, you know, that sort of stuff. So structure is very important. And it's such... Yeah. And like, even just then when I like thinking about structure, initially I go to, you know, how to structure your training to look after your body, but you bring up a really valid point. It's like, it's not just how you're going to structure your training, but it's how are you structuring your routine? And Mm -hmm. I probably, I haven't created that many routines in my life, but I don't necessarily think about downtime or breathing time in a routine. So it's probably a really important thing to put at the start of this episode because I feel that it's probably one that can potentially be missed by many of people who are considering competing. Yes. Yeah. I think like I used to be that person. I used to be the person with a routine structure wise that I would be like, no rest, not necessary. I need to put everything in here. But I mean, I've also been that person that watches that kind of routine and you kind of, because it just hums along at like 95% intensity for the entirety of the three minutes or three and a half minutes, you kind of, you lose a bit of focus because there's no, there's no ebbs and flows. There's no downtime. It's all just go. (laughs) It's too much. (laughs) And then the person gets off the stage and they're like, I don't even think I breathed. It's like (laughs) nothing. I held my breath for that three and a half minutes. Yeah, it's interesting. And um, because as a, we just had our in-studio comp actually, and it was the ones that felt like they told a story or they actually had flow that did really, really well Mm -hmm. from a judging perspective. Um, So, yeah, so there's much more to think about than just looking after your body or if you're one of those people who, look after your body but don't think about your structure there's also that to think yes. about yeah sorry I sidetracked you a bit with that yeah <laughs> no I think that was great um so if when should somebody start actually thinking about the structure of their competition like we know I can and maybe this is just because I'm a studio owner and I plan my years out in advance like I can see when all the competitions are happening should somebody who's seriously thinking about competing start marking this out into their like annual like training? I don't know. Am I going too out here instead of thinking small? small? I used to not, but now, you know, like uh, 12 years into my pole dancing life, I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely should. Because for me now at this point where, um, 
like we briefly said this before, I was like, I'm getting older. I, like, you know, everyone's getting older. I'm not that old, yeah. all right. But <laughs> I've been I've been <laughs> dancing for a little while now. So I'm getting I'm becoming an older polar. And the older I get, the mm. harder it is to compete because I don't know, like I feel like for the most part, we all want to improve on our last competitions. We want to be better and better and better and better. And to try to work at that level, it takes a lot of mental energy and physical energy. So to me, I'm like, yes, I think you should have a rough idea of like what you want to do throughout the year. Even if it's not 100% set in stone, if it's like, yep, I want to do coal icon and then I plan to do this one at the end of the year and that's it. Um, you know, m- maybe you plan to do a whole lot of them, but I don't, I don't recommend, but um, I think that, I think that you should structure it so that you know how you need to periodize your training as well, which maybe not everybody does, but you know, you, you can't be running at a hundred percent training intensity throughout the whole year. You need to have your downtime. So if you know when you're going to do these competitions, you know, when you need to structure in your downtime before you ramp it up, you know, before this big competition again. So to me, yes, um, but if I take myself back like eight years ago, I'd see a competition and be like, oh, yeah, I'll enter in, like just willy-nilly. <laughs> it's it like it. a month, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, it's fine, like four weeks, yeah. that's such a long time. And now I'm like, oh, my God, if I do not have minimum like 12, 14 weeks, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is going to be rough. I think um, it's a really important part to call on from we do want to improve. If you do competitions, you want to get better every time you come on that stage. But mm. we do get older with every competition. We can't change those things regardless of your <laughs> age. And even I'm sure the I'm like the young ones, we're like the same age. And where am I going with this? I'm sure they feel the same too. I'm thinking about my instructor who she's such a baby um, in terms of age, but she's like killing it in terms of pole. And she wants to improve on every competition and she's already feeling that with, you know, Mm. you've got to give more and you've got to up the ante as well. Um, And also when we think about pole, we've said this before on the podcast is there's no down, there's no off season for us. No. So you need you to, create to create your own, your own right? Yeah. Mm. And then you look at all the competitions that they start, especially from an amateur perspective, all the competitions yeah. that are starting to pop up. There mm. seems to be a lot have, more in the amateur space. Yeah. And like I, I've had students in the past where they enter into like every amateur competition they possibly can. And I'm like, when are you going to upskill yourself? Like, like what's the point of entering into like seven or eight comps in a year, which is, just exhausting <laughs> like that's a lot um that's a lot. how are you going to upskill before the next one or if it's not upskill how are you even just going to improve on elements of of the like one routine from the next because you don't you literally don't have time to get your shit together mm. to, to actually you know make an improvement and make an adjustment like but then other people work at different you know different levels and different capabilities i know i personally need some time to step away and work on work on whatever I feel like I was lacking in the previous competition. Like I need a bit of time. I can't, I can't have already like then the comp finished in six weeks time. There's another comp locked in. Like that's too much for me. I can't do it. Mm. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I like the, um, the touch on about upskilling because you do see people mm. who can get really excited about competitions. And I mean, I've only done a few, but the feeling of being on stage is like 
what what is the word I'm looking for? But it would definitely be a high I would want to chase regularly. So I can imagine why people enjoy chasing that. However, you do see that, and I remember there's a poll I was recently, I don't know if you've seen this Tuesday topic where it was about the studio owner who was doing competitions but putting all the same combinations in their competition and they were like, oh, like as a studio owner, this isn't good or from a competition perspective, this isn't good. But I guess that's a prime Mm -hmm. example of seeing somebody who didn't have the time to upskill in between the competitions. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's tricky because – you know, if you've refined the crap out of like a, a killer combo and that's your signature mm. sort of combo, like, yeah, you have, every, that's, that's your combo. Like it's like, use it for all the things. Yeah, but, it's true. And, and it depends what, what you value, I guess. Like I, I know for a, a show I've got coming up, I, I was working on something different at the start and it was kicking my ass. <laughs> couldn't make it happen <laughs> and so I've gone back to an entry of a combo that I've done previously the ending's different like it's but yeah. like a part of it is is the same mm. and I was really like disappointed yeah. for a little while and then I was like oh, I know that was a year ago no one's even going to remember who cares but <laughs> you know and it, it's not to say that that combination isn't good enough to be on the stage because I've done it before but I think for I was a bit like yeah. I want to put in something different not only for the people in the audience but for me but yeah, in the end, mm. I went back to a tried and trusted entry because I was just getting tested by this thing that I wanted to do and I couldn't make it happen. So yeah, I guess I don't mind seeing a similar combo, but I guess what you want to try to do is always improve on it and make it bigger and make it like smit, you know, make it perfect. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And I think you make, so yes. People probably aren't going to remember from 12 months ago, but also you want to feel confident when you go Mm. on stage, right? And you want to feel good and you want to, well, depending on what you value, but you want to have a routine that, or something that you could be proud of at the end, but you don't maybe want that stress of, is this entry okay to get on it's like if I do this it's still going to have the same impact I want it to have so yeah yeah yeah. it it just shows everybody's journeys and everybody's thoughts about competitions can be so varied and so different absolutely like yeah compared to like what one of my students wants to another student to another student like yeah I've got some girls that will be very similar to me and they're like I want to challenge myself and try to put this and this in the, in the routine. I mean, sometimes they come to me mm. and they're like, I want to put this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, you need to settle down. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's take two or three of those things because if you make the whole thing new, you are going to stress yourself out. <laughs> so you know, I've got some yes. students that will do that. I've got some students that will come to me and they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do anything new. And then I'm like, well, maybe we should try just one thing. <laughs> and then I've got other students that will come to me and they're like, I don't know. I just want to do a routine. Haven't thought of much else. <laughs> it's a varying array. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like, it's like, I just want to try a competition. And I think for a lot of advanced pole dancers, and I think we're seeing it earlier now too, but it's that next step in their journey, right? They sort of get to a point where they're like, look, I'm sort of doing really good in that advanced space. Like, I want to see if this is something that might be a good fit for me and and want to explore what a competition is like and what that feeling is like um but when it comes to competition training 
what are some of the main elements like things that come to mind well and didn't even come to mind was structure of your routine obviously recovery like what else should people be considering um when thinking about their training yes um so absolutely rest and recovery i think like that's i mean i know that but i still battle with that because and I think a lot of people would be similar in, uh, in how I feel about this, but you just feel like there's never enough time to get your shit done. Mm. <laughs> you need to be on the pole and you need to be training. And if you're not, then you're not working hard enough and you're, you're missing an opportunity and someone else is probably training right now. And that's like, you know, there's a reason like, yeah, you get, get on that pole and you work it. But also if you don't have your rest and recovery down pat, you are going to crash you know, crash hard. And I've been there, done that, <laughs> you know, like I'm currently coming up to pole icon at the moment. And the other day I was like, I am fast tracked towards a burnout. And I just, I canceled some things. And I just, I just had a few days where I've just couch morning and relaxed a little bit yeah. more. Like if you do not have your rest and recovery, you are not going to be able to put yourself like your hundred percent self out there on that stage because you'll just be exhausted. And you know, the day of a competition, like the adrenaline is is coming or maybe it's like already kicked in right at the morning and you've wasted all your adrenaline but like it's, it's a big day and it's a long day and it's a long day it's very easy to all of a sudden just run out of the energy run out of the juice and be like i'm done like and that that has to happen the next day you crash and burn the next day mm. <laughs> but you know if if you haven't had enough recovery time you might find that 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 crash and burn happens a couple of hours early right before your routine especially if it's a competition that starts at 8 p.m. at night or something along those lines and you're not making the stage to like 10 and you are up at five o'clock because you were nervous <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> um what is it about pole dancers and I mean some people do have their rest and recovery down pack but why are we so excited you don't probably you probably don't even have the answers but why what? do we just get so yeah, excited and think that more pole is the right answer it's because there is like, there's always something else to train. There's always like, like, I feel like every pole dancer is like this. It's not just like, I'm a trickster. Like if you, if you're on a stage, you have to have your tricks and you have to have a nice transition from floor to pole. You have to have really good floor work. You have to, maybe you're putting some cool handstands in there. So you also need to work your handstands on the side. Like there is never an end and there's always some small Russian child making up a new trick <laughs> and, <laughs> and therefore you have to try it. <laughs> so like, I, I feel like and therefore it's, just... it's trending on Instagram and it's your next exactly. training session. <laughs> so like, there's just always something. And like, that's hard for me too, because not only will I necessarily, well, not only will I be training for a comp, but like, I also need to create, I being this person, I need to create content <laughs> for Instagram. I need to, I need to create content that is going to be for my online elite and advanced students um, and my students here at the studio as well. Like it's not, if you're also an instructor, it's not just that you're prepping for a comp. It's like you're trying to continually upskill and be, be present and, and upskilled for your students as well, because you need to teach them too <laughs> and it's it's hard because you can't ever switch off really yeah but you're speaking to my heart um <laughs> and what comes to mind there is and if you miss something that's 
if you decide not to be on Instagram and be present in those moments, it's almost like you miss a big change in the pole world. And then you're like, holy shit, like everybody's now doing this grip or somebody's asking me about this and I haven't stayed up to date. So it does feel like you can never switch off because you do feel like you want to be the best version. Yeah. And it is tricky because, yeah, my parents so love to disconnect from Instagram. Unfortunately, yeah, like if, if I don't post about like an upcoming class or a dance class or my tricks class, you'll see it in the numbers. So you kind of have mm. to if you want if you want your class to be thriving as well. So, yeah, I, I very often speak to my partner about this. I'm like, I feel like an Instagram idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fool. <laughs> I'm selling my soul. And he's like, just do it. Shut up. It's your life. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's your marketing, right? Like, I yeah. fully get this because yeah, the studio is obviously on Instagram. Everything's on Instagram, right? I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need to explain those parts. But there are parts of me that's like, I just don't even want to look at it this weekend. But then. Mm. I don't look at it and something happens. I'm like, I should have been looking at it and just yeah. content train. And now that we get shadow banned for bloody everything, I, and I can't <laughs> afford to have the studio not searchable. I'm just like content, 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 yeah. a lot yeah. of content creation. So yeah, it's yeah. a big job. And I think for poll, we've definitely made it that, you know, that marketplace to is especially as an instructor that's where you show who you are and what your skills are because the competition is only once a year right or twice or three times a year so you can only showcase yourself to that level in competitions Mm. a couple of times a year but you can do it every day every day on instagram and it wows people yeah and you can also film that video 17 times until it's perfect which is totally not something I would do. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I know I went through a phase of making a lot of content and in the end of it, I don't even care. It's just like, it's just going to be what it is. Yep. However, I wasn't doing tricks. My stuff was much different. So I can imagine doing combina- like combos and, and tricks and dance. It's a little bit different to some of the stuff that I was creating. Um <laughs> But anyway, back to our competition structure. We got into a little bit of a yes. a little bit of a rabbit mm-hmm. hole there. <laughs> Tangent, that's one hundred percent okay. So we've talked about rest and recovery. What's another element that we need to be thinking about for our training? All right. So I mean everyone's different, but I guess for me, I'm kind of going, all right, what what combos do I want to do? I need to be training them on their own first because I, I want to put something, a combo, a combination of movements together that's going to challenge me. So I need to first do it just on my own, just on its own, before I think about putting it to music. I maybe have a vague idea of like, oh, this bit here sounds like I go whoosh into the air with the music or whatever. But I have a vague idea of where it's going to sit in the music, but I'm not doing it to music yet. I make sure that I can safely do it on its own and then put it to music. Um, and sort of nutting out roughly where I need to put some some like choreo and things and what I want to do with choreo and finding inspiration of something that's you know, inspires me and that I want to put into a show. And I guess like structurally, like over those however many weeks that I have set aside to get myself ready for it, it's then just gluing the parts together. <laughs> Cause like I'm I'm not a cardio gal. I hate cardio. <laughs> With the passion. I think most pole dancers do. That's why we pole dance. 
don't know. I'm just, I'm big and I'm heavy and I do one jump and I'm like, (laughs) 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 I'm very heavy. So like, I feel like for me, I have my parts and my pieces and then I'm like, okay, I will accept that now I must glue part one and part two together and my cardio is going to be horrible and I'm going to hate this. And then I glue them together and I do it for a little bit and then it's not so bad. And then I glue that one, two part to the third part and then I do it. And again, I die because it's a little bit longer and it hurts a little bit more. And, you know, so I slowly start to glue all of it together because I don't want to have all the parts and then be like, let's just run it and see what happens because I'll start crying. (laughs) It'll be bad. (laughs) So structurally, I need to leave enough time to to be able to build my endurance to put it all together, you know? Yeah, I like that from a point of like building your endurance because you do, it is that two and a half to three and a half minutes is a lot, especially if you're not doing a lot of um, choreos or you're new to training for competitions, it's a lot to put together. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I like the idea of going part one, part two, part three and just slowly gluing it together and Mm. not absolutely ruining yourself to start. Yes. (laughs) Or at the end. And then the last week you're like, I finally have to do run-throughs and all of a sudden you realise your cardio help is not not excellent. (laughs) Cool. So that's like thinking about our stamina, our tricks, our dance. So they're like the key elements of your routine as well. When you think about, and I meant to ask this question before, but I missed it. When we're thinking about our rest and recovery, what do those things include? Like obviously down days, but do you do any like active recovery at the gym or um, yoga? I'm not sure what you're into when you're not pole dancing. (laughs) Um, It will vary. So uh, just recently, for example, like I wanted to be gymming all the way to pole acting. Um, and mm. when it was just really had a really flat day and I was like, I don't even want to go to the gym, just do it. I'm so tired. Or I just want to be at home. I made the executive decision to be like, all right, no more gym until I go back to Europe actually, because after pole acting, I go to Europe. So I'm not doing any gym at the moment for me this time around. My rest and recovery is being able to chill out on the couch with my partner and with my doggos and my cat and getting good sleep, making sure that I cancel those, that morning private so I can sleep in. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm such a bear. I need to hibernate, <laughs> you know, so sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> For me, I mean, maybe it's a bit of a placebo because it shouldn't have been like hitting me this quickly, but I'm also like fish oil tablets, magnesium, coenzyme Q10, armor force tablets. Like so I'm taking all these tablets <laughs> and it probably a placebo because it shouldn't have kicked in that quickly but I was like I feel excellent I'm on top of the world so for me I I need a little bit of like help with regards to that like just yeah get my fish oils in all that sort of stuff help the joints um yeah what else for me recovery I I mean I will try to get in like a massage here and there just because I like like people touching my back (laughs) but yeah like it's it, for me, it's not necessarily like I used to go to the gym all the way to the to the the competition, but this time around, my body is just it's too tired. I've got too much going on, too much work. Yeah. So something had to go, and 
And that's the thing, like you need to be prepared if you're going to do a competition to like cut something from your life. Like you have to make some some sacrifices and whether that's, yeah, hanging out with your mates because you need to sleep. You just need to sleep. Mm. You just need to have some downtime or, yeah, whether it's like cutting some of your, what you like to do, whether it's yoga or gym or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I will be still doing a little bit of like home gym stuff just to keep my body glued together, just to keep my shoulders like in check. but. Yeah, for me, I've actually pulled right back and I'm not really doing anything external other than focusing on what I need to do for the show. It hasn't always yeah. been like that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, this is pole icon that you're you're preparing for. So it is quite yes. a big a big show to be preparing for. Not to say that other competitions are not, um, but it is quite a um, – yeah, <laughs> A big deal and a lot of stress. I'm like, yeah, it's a bit of a, like, what were they calling it last year? It's like Christmas for pole dancers, essentially. Yes. So, like, <laughs> it is a big deal in the industry and um, I like the referral to sleep and what your body needs, whether that mm. be, like, fish oil or whatever supplements you need to take. And obviously, if you are preparing for a competition and you want to understand more of that, like mm. I would recommend going and speaking to your GP or your physio or whoever yeah. your healthcare provider oh, is who can help with that. One, one other thing, um, I don't know if not anybody else, but I'm just constantly dehydrated. Drink some damn water. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm trying to like hydrolyte and Baraka and water. <laughs> I'm trying Isn't to get funny, every like little the... edge I can. Yeah, the basics. But however, I can imagine from a performance perspective, when you have those things in check and you're not dehydrated and you've got mm. the right vitamins and minerals in your body and you're sleeping well, you perform mm. better, right? Just generally speaking. I, just, um, I feel so, yeah, like there's a lot of people help. out there. There's a lot of people out there just like me where you're cranky for some reason and you're like, I don't know why. And then you realize you haven't drunk any water for like half a day. And you're like, I'm supposed to dehydrate you idiot. <laughs> so I just it's just a just a little like for everybody drink some water <laughs> it'll do you good it'll do 100 <laughs> percent. i know we just the basics just sometimes are the first thing as we talk about this we both drink water in this like small mm. part of the conversation it's like you <laughs> better be hydrating um so when you're thinking about your combinations and you're breaking them down and you're starting to prepare for those are you working on like do you I don't know if this is a do you ever put tricks in there that you've never learned before or you've never been able to do before as a challenge to be able to achieve as with the I um, do. routine I do but yeah but when you say never have done before or like Like if it's in the ballpark of another trick that I'm aware of and it feels very yeah. similar, yes. The, I will put tricks in that like I can't do in a combination but I've done singularly sort of thing. Like I'll, I'll do that. And look, sometimes I aim for that and then it has to go. Like there's been times that I've aimed for that and it's just getting too close to the competition. It needs to go. Um, but yes, yeah. I do like to put things in that I – can't do in a combo if it's something like oh I've never done this before and I've also never done anything similar to it before I'd have wanted to have trained it for a little while um mm. yeah like and there's a couple of things like that in pole icon for me um like can definitely yeah. do them singularly they're all happening in the combo now but 
yeah, one of them in particular took me a lot of time because it ended up like just being on my gumby arm and bruising me real bad and I'm a baby. <laughs> and then Every it time I would do much. it, I'd come home and, and show my partner. I'm like, look, look at this. It's like, wait, why? Why are you doing that trick? I'm like, because it's cool. Shut up. Because <laughs> it's going to look awesome on stage and yes, I'm visualizing absolutely. it. It's going to be a great moment. Um, yeah, that makes sense because you obviously want to feel like you – a lot of people go into competitions to challenge themselves in Mm. some capacity and it might be learning new moves, but I assume that it's not completely outrageous things that you're like, I've never even touched this group before. Um, So when thinking about your combos, because most competitions have a static and spinning pole, um, for those Mm -hmm. of you who are learning about competitions at the moment, do you – work on the tricks individually and then just start seeing how they go together? Do you have like it visualized in your brain before or written down um, before you get in and start training these? Um, I I don't sort of go, unless it's something that needs attention individually, I'll focus on that individually. But I kind of, if I've listened to a song and I'm like, oh, here's the chorus, it sounds like a swooshy something something. Like I kind of know what <laughs> movement goes with the swooshy something something and what I yeah. want to hit there. Like, oh, and there's that accent where I'll open my legs in the Aisha or something. So usually I don't come in with no idea. It's it's kind of more I listen to it in my car or whatever. I'm sure that's what everybody does, right? Like you listen to it nonstop in your car and you envision where this cast to something is going to be and then you start playing with it in the in the studio so yeah it's more if a trick needs an individual attention because i just can't do it in the combo then yeah it's individual attention mm-hmm. but other than that i'm trying to start making the combo or like training the combo as a combo not in its singular parts and pieces you know like i i want to start being able to do it in full as soon as possible because then the hard part is matching it musically to the to the song as well because it's not just a case yeah. of just moving through the song. Like you want to hear your accents and make sure that you're hitting them. Because to me, like if you hit the the visual with the with the auditory, like with the sound. So mm. like if something, if what you're doing physically matches the the sound, it just the whole audience is like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know why I feel so good. Yeah. But that looks great. <laughs> Just because of the it's shimmery like, feels, it's visually you know? <laughs> pleasing and like the the music is there, which you know, sound obviously visuals also provoke emotion, but sound does as well. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, I can one hundred percent see that. And I guess, um, so when you probably going back, we haven't really touched on music, but once you've decided to do the competition, I assume you probably, based on our conversation at the min- at the minute, you really want to get that music locked in fairly early so you can probably one think about what can work but two take advantage of any accents that are in the music as well yeah like and I I know I have some students that come to me and they're like I've got no song I'm like what are you doing here in this place (laughs) like come to me why did you come today (laughs) yeah but for the most part I feel like we've probably all got a list of songs that we're like, Ooh, I don't know why, but I love this song and I'm going to save it and I'm going to do something to it one day, you know? So yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You want to, you want to be all important. over musicality. Yes. So important. Oh my God. Yes. 
get get that down pack. So, um, at what? So we t- so you go your combos, and then you'll start working on your dance, and then we start bringing it all together. And like you said, you do the part ones, the twos, the threes to start meshing yeah. it. Perfect world. I'm using perfect world here. At what <laughs> point do we want to have a routine ready to be ran and run threes <laughs> happening? Yeah. If everything went to plan. God, I'd say like a month out, but like, it just doesn't happen to me. I work very well under pressure and like, I, I have, um, I get help with Lisa D for coaching and she's always like, you leave it pretty, pretty last minute. Don't you? I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I just, it's just the way I work. If I don't have that pressure, I'm like, Oh, but all the time in the world, like it's very annoying. I under, I know how annoying I am to people. <laughs> so <laughs> like for me, if I have the full thing and I'm doing like shocking rough runs four weeks out, that's pretty good. I think yeah. that, I think that pretty much happened this, this time for icon. Like there's, there's only one little thing at the end of static that doesn't quite work because the poles at this studio aren't high enough. So. I, I need to be at a different studio to make it work. So yeah, like there's probably only one thing that I'm not able to get at the end of the combo. Um, therefore I wouldn't re- it, it's like an almost full run, you know what I mean? So I think that was me yeah. maybe four or three weeks, in, but only four weeks. I would say four weeks. You want to be doing some yeah, okay. dirty runs. You know what I mean by dirty yeah. runs? Like they're just atrocious, but you're doing it. <laughs> You do not want want anyone watching you ever. I mean, you kind of do because like it helps you to give a little bit more of yourself. Like if you're in a room by yourself, it's really hard to do that run because you don't want to do it. It hurts. It hurts everything. It does. It does. (laughs) So if someone's watching you, at least you better try harder. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And we, I know, um, we have an instructor who, when it sort of gets really close, she's like every run, not every run through, but if there's people here, it's like, can you come watch? Just so I have somebody yeah. to interact with. I have somebody yes. to look at. Yeah. Um, and I know people can be really, and I say this because I'm this person, like in that creative process, I don't want anyone looking at me. I'm like, I just want to do things and I want to fuck up and I want to realize, like, I just want to work with it. I just feel so vulnerable mm. in those moments. Mm. But yeah, it's a and really I, good I tip to, to start having people around. Yeah, I think it just helps because, I mean, on the night, you're going to have a lot of people around. <laughs> you may as mm. well do it now. Start with one, then build it up, you know, like, and I think it, it, yeah, it puts you on the spot with regards to how you sell your emotions in your routine as well because if you're not given face your routine is missing something you know so you, you want to practice that with somebody watching because it's intimidating to sell your emotions to somebody in a routine because you feel like a dickhead but you know like it has to happen because yeah. otherwise you're just dancing and there's there's no soul to it you know yeah yeah i love that and you do feel like a dickhead because your emotions generally you feel like they've got to be so much bigger and exaggerated yes. and you're like if i was sad i wouldn't be looking like this i would be much more yeah. subdued but um yeah it's fair enough and when we're thinking about training times and like how many times a week should people be training towards that competition and should mm-hmm. it be amping up as you get closer no so it shouldn't be amping up as you get closer, in my opinion. But um, 
you got to do what works best for you. But all the, Mm. oh, it's hard for me to say like how many times a week I train because of what we spoke about before, because there'll have to be some training sessions where I'm dedicating making combos for my classes and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably on a whole for myself and not for teaching, but for creating content for classes and for my own training, maybe three or four times a week. But in the mm-hmm. lead up to, and may, maybe only two, like I would say only two of them a week are for Icon for me at the moment because it yeah. hurts me too much to, to do it more than twice a week. So like, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm can't wait to see bruise. this routine now. I'm just going to be thinking about your bruise and all the pain the bruise, that you went yeah. <laughs> The bruise I'm talking about, like I can't do that. Like I can't do the same trick like two days later because it creates this like bubble on my arm like like it's a burst blood vessel and I'm like I'll just let you settle for two days <laughs> it's really intense <laughs> the thing we do extreme. so yeah I would say that in the lead up to it like you probably only want to be doing it twice a week you probably like for me I will set aside an hour and a half maybe even two hours to go I come in I warm up I walk it in my head I listen to the music kind of walked with Corey it's time to do one run and then lay down for 15 minutes because <laughs> I'm a sweaty mess. And then maybe I fit in another run. Maybe that run is like a half-half because I'm exhausted. Like, because you want to be in the lead up to it in the last two, three weeks or whatever to be doing it at your full capability and trying to run it with that emotion and everything as well. Because the emotion will suck the energy out of you. So you need to practice having the emotions like the energy sucked out of you um so i would say you want to be yeah maybe just doing it twice a week maybe trying to run it twice in full and then going back and being like okay this part of the cory is consistently messy i need to fix this or this part of the combo is still not working what is happening let's fix it so maybe you spend a little bit of time after those two runs if that's what you want to do just like refining but I used to be able to do like three runs of things, but I don't think it's necessary anymore. <laughs> too much. <laughs> too much, too much. Too and much. I assume you're then like recording these runs so you can, when you're mm-hmm. dying on the floor for 15 minutes in a sweaty mess, you yes, can be yes. looking at it. And I think for Absolutely. those who are starting to go into comps, sometimes I actually, I think it's getting better because we record a lot of things these days in comparison to what we used to, but sometimes just even initially looking at yourself on a camera can be really challenging. And then I really hated that. Yeah. I really hated that for a long time. And now, now I'm better at it. I'm still not good at watching immediately after a competition, my run through, like I, I'm not good at that. Like I remember once my mum, like after a VPC was like, look, look, I filmed it. Look. And I was like, no, mum. No, you have to watch it. I was like, no mother, I don't want to watch it right now. <laughs> and she just really wanted me to watch I it. I have a and, process. Yeah. And because I watched it straight after, all I did was like, oh, look at my feet. Oh, oh, look at that. That's disgusting. Like oh. I need to be away from the routine for a while and then watch it when I have yeah. like had my post comp crash and I've re-energized everything like yeah so for me I really really struggled to watch myself back after the comp but it's been a process but now I I will film myself and like you know without without being nasty to myself critique Mm. fix because you'd rather fix it now rather than be on the stage and then be like shit I wish I'd fix this later like earlier you know yeah Mm. or you get Mm. the judges feedback and you're like Mm. I should have known 
that mm-hmm. beforehand. So, and also, I guess it's probably really good to keep the judges' criteria handy. So, if especially yes. if you are in a competition to win it, that's mm-hmm. going to be your bible throughout that process. Yeah. Um, and I guess to finish off, post comp, how do you work through recovery and the motivation? to actually want to compete again or pole again because like you said you go through this like massive crash and you're either really inspired or you're like I just don't even want to look at a pole today yes um my crashes are interesting because I physically crash you know mentally as well but because of I don't know whatever way my brain is wired like straight after I'm like and I know if this ever stops happening that I need to stop competing, but straight afterwards, I'm like, I could be better. I need to be better. <laughs> Time to be better. So like, I want to get in the next day and train, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But my body is like, hold up, man, we can't do this. <laughs> so my body is destroyed. My head is like, we must be better. <laughs> so I need to, I need to battle with my silly head. Um, and, you know, maybe just speak to my partner and be like, babe, this is what I'm feeling. It's really silly, isn't it? He's like, yes, yes, it is. I'm like, okay, that's all yeah. I needed to hear. Thank you. And then I don't go in and train. Um, I think I did that like in my first few years of competing because I was just so inspired yeah. to be better, you know, like I just wanted to improve. But you need to give yourself, like give yourself a week if you want. Give yourself two weeks. Who cares? Like just take mm. some time to not do stuff because in the lead up to that, okay, maybe in the lead up to the comp, you come in and you only do two competition runs, but they are hard. Like Mm. it doesn't seem like you're doing much. You're moving for like four minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. But they're really exhausting runs, you know, like you need to give yourself time to just be a potato. That's okay. 100%. I think be the potato and it's whatever Mm. works best for you, right? Like it all Mm. comes down to your body, your mind and looking after that in the best way possible mm. and whatever that looks like for you is for you and everybody has a different a different way of um dealing with yeah. post comp uh, blues get the word out yeah that's the thing like it's you will most because as much as i want to get into training i'll still i'll still be flat but i just i'm just inspired but yeah you need to give your head that time to just chill and just be zen and just do a bit of nothing because it's a lot of mental anguish before the competition. <laughs> Much anguish. Yeah. <laughs> on that, on that, we never, we didn't really talk about, I know we're wrapping it up with like, what do we do after post-comp? But on the day, what are some like tips for people on the day for preparing for comp? Yeah, no, that's a really good one. Um, so like to this is always funny people on the like a couple of days before the competition they're like and i was like or what are we talking because i i like to not acknowledge until the morning of because if i acknowledge midweek that i am doing a competition on saturday all of a sudden my adrenaline starts simmering and i start getting tired because i'm using it up up too early so people i'm just interesting i just don't think about it to be honest so when people ask me like oh you're excited i'm like what are we talking about (laughs) so i try not to acknowledge (laughs) it too early 
um, the morning, obviously yep. the night off, I'm like, oh, I've got a competition. <laughs> but I, again, try not to really focus on it, like do something that distracts me, stars or something, whatever works for you. And then on the morning of, again, keep it really chill, do whatever you need to do. My my superstition is don't have coffee because I don't want to poo myself on stage. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. I just feel like coffee bad. Morning of coffee bad. <laughs> so don't have a coffee. Interesting. Don't poo yourself on stage. <laughs> and um, then, you know, like once I've done my tech run, usually just before tech run, I'm very jittery. Like I'm like, ooh, there's the adrenaline. The tech run gets it out. Yeah. And then I need to go and prep and try to get in a nap actually, or just some downtime, you know, like just lay down, yeah. close your eyes, just zen out. Because for me, yeah. I want to be absolutely like pumped and buzzing probably no more than an hour before I need to be on stage. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to segment like, okay, hour out all right, I'm going to start to warm up and I'm going to start to, yeah, like I'm getting in my zone. I listen to some angry gym music. I don't know why. <laughs> Half an hour out, step it up another little level. And then 15 minutes out, I step it up another level of sort of just like, it, it's stupid because it's, it's, I don't think this is happening, but if I visualize it, it's like I'm releasing a bit more adrenaline, <laughs> like time to yeah. release a little bit more again. And then when I'm side yeah. of stage, I'm like, open the gates <laughs> and all the adrenaline <laughs> the is out there, there. <laughs> yeah I'm still keeping it zen because you don't want it to like blast out in the first minute of your routine but yeah, yeah like that's sort of what I need because I've been side of stage before where I blasted through all of my energy and I was side of stage yawning and I was like oh, I don't know why I can't get like psyched up and it felt like my legs were heavy and I was like oh man this is not good like so yeah, for me, I'm really tuned into that because if I let if I let all the energy out too early, I'm going to be stuffed. Yeah, and nerves yeah. and adrenaline are good sometimes. Like, and it sounds like you've been able to get yourself to in tuned enough that you can feel when it's like, all right, this is going to be a release, and this is how we're going to build up to that next step, and and really make that work for you. Um, yeah. Before we finish up today, is there anything else you want to share on structuring your pole dancing competition training? Um, or do you think we have it all? I think it's all pretty good. I think I think probably the only thing, like when you're structuring your competition piece, um, so we talked a lot about the training, but if this helps someone, I'll let you know. Like when you're structuring your competition piece, try to like write a little timeline of what you want your audience to feel in certain moments. Because it's not about you, it's about your audience. It's not about you, you're, you're the dancing monkey. Oh, so like yes. write out your timeline of like, okay, at the start here, I want to set this scene and I want them to feel this mood and I want da-da-da-da-da. And then at this bit here in the music, it sounds like passion and anguish to me or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> so how are you going to, with that map, how are you going to make the audience feel at those moments? And then because you can see your own map, if it's like, I want the audience to feel like I'm sexy, 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 that's too boring all just sexy yeah. you know <laughs> like you want to change up the sexy is it crass sexy here <laughs> or is it like <laughs> demure sexy like I don't know like because some routines are just sexy but you still need to have ebbs and flows so something that's helped me quite a bit is like making a routine structured timeline of like 
the audience will feel this here, then I'll make them feel this here, and then I'll make them feel this here, so that you can see that there is a change throughout your routine and it has like it has structure with regards to what the audience are going to feel. Yeah. I love that. I've never like heard that's I think a very uh, valuable gem for a lot of people who are creating routines because you're right. It is about the audience and that audience (laughs) includes your judging panel um, as well. And they're a part of that. So it is about Mm -hmm. creating something. And I mean, if you're sharing your own story, there's obviously, it is about sharing your story, but how are you going to take them on that journey? Yeah, I think I never really thought about that for the longest time. And I think it's been very helpful because it also takes it away from you of like the stress about what you need to do. Like, what do you need to make the audience feel here? The end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. And if anybody um, wants to come follow you on Instagram, what's your handle? Where can they find you? Yes, um, I'm Mishka Pole Dancer. The Mishka is an M I S C H. Miss Tucker. <laughs> that helps in any way. Yeah, Mishka Pole Dancer. That's my, my Insta handle. Um, I also have a website as well and like that's where you can either on my link tree on, on um, Instagram or on the website, that's where you can like classes for advanced to elite. I've had some girls request like inters to advance, but that might after Europe. So if that's you, just look at Keep an eye out. Yeah, because um, anybody in the world can train with you, can't they? Yeah, online. It's the best. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> Yes. You just opened up this whole gateway for us. It had some positives. Um, Apart from the lockdowns, let's not talk about those, especially for those of us in Melbourne. Um, But thank you so much today, Mishka, for sharing all your experience and your gems around competition training. You've obviously been doing this for a while. Um, You've taken some of the biggest stages in Australia. So I just know our listeners are going to get so much from this. I can't thank you enough for sharing all of those. No problem. Um, and to our listen, to our listeners, we'll be talking about this all this week on Instagram. So come hang out with us at uncovered.pd. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to send them through to myself or Mishka. If you send them to me, I'll probably forward them to, <laughs> to double check. Um, but yeah, anyway, until next time, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Uncovered podcast, I would absolutely love it if you could leave a review. As a thank you, I will send you our Addictive Pole Fitness Invert Bundle, the ultimate guide to helping you strengthen your inverts. It includes not one, but two invert conditioning videos with options for beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and a stretch video. To access this freebie, all you need to do is leave a review, share a screenshot of that review with uncovered at addictivepolefitness.com, and I will send you our must-have invert bundle straight to your inbox.